Hello. Hello. He's Oliver. She's Lucy. And you're listening to Anyway Movies. The podcast of film fanatics and movie maniacs. The podcast of discussions, debates and occasional distractions as we talk about all things cinema. If you like what you hear, be sure to like our Facebook page and follow us on podcasting platforms. Big shout out to my sister Molly for creating the logo and images for our podcast. Give her a follow on Instagram at underscore Molly underscore Joanne underscore. Now that's all out of the way, dim the lights, turn the projector on. And let's start the episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another episode of Anyway Movies, in which we are tackling Marvel March. It is the second week, and we are going to be talking about Phase 2. Yeah, so Phase 2 consists of the following six movies. Iron Man 3, For the Dark World, Captain America Winter Soldier, Guardians of the Galaxy, the best movie, Avengers Age of Ultron, and Ant-Man. In general terms, I really preferred this phase. Yeah. It's kind of started to develop its own sort of identity at this stage. I feel like it's more in tune with what is expected of them at the minute. And they were very coherent for the most part. Not all of the films were great, but we'll get on to that. But they were definitely a lot more consistent than the first phase. And now that we know the characters and getting to know them a lot more, I quite liked how some of them were developed and how that's likely to carry on into the next phase. And yeah, just generally, I really enjoyed these films. I quite liked them. Yeah, I think as a whole, especially from like a humour standpoint, I think they very much found their footing with it. Mm-hmm. because from a certain movie especially from this phase onwards I feel like the humour side of it has been very consistent and has had the same or similar feel in all movies going forward and I really appreciate that Yeah, I also find it wild that there's six movies in this phase and they were all released across two years Yeah that is mental. <laughs> Imagine the planning that went into all of this. I mean, if you think that's impressive, wait until we get to phase three, hon. Oh, I know, I know. I'm, I'm gearing up. I'm ready. <laughs> yeah, with that being said, shall we dive straight in? Let's do it. I'm excited. Okay, so do you have a favourite movie? My favourite film from this phase is Avengers Age of Ultron. Dun dun dun! I know. A lot of comments that I've seen have said that they didn't like Age of Ultron that much. I mean, it's not deemed as an awful film, but there's just people who just don't think it's their favourite. But I actually really liked it. I think it's more of a superhero film that appeals to me. It doesn't take itself too seriously. There's witty comebacks, there's jokes. And I loved the party scene when they were just chilling out and talking and they were all trying to raise Thor's hammer 
And it's those sorts of moments, like, that sort of humanise the characters that I really, really like. I like them more than the actual plot, to be honest. I would happily watch an entire film of just the Avengers hanging out, because I think the dialogue is just so well written. Yeah, I do. I do think that they have great chemistry as a cast and in those more chilled out moments where they just seem like normal people within the the concept of the MCU, it really sort of shines a light on them and it makes them feel a lot more grounded in an otherwise very surreal world. Mm. And also because of those moments where we get to know them a bit more personally, it makes bigger, more emotional scenes, a lot more hard-hitting. They're definitely like the building blocks to bigger payoffs later on in the MCU. Do you have a favourite movie? I do! (laughs) It's Guardians of the Galaxy. It's the best. I love it. Why? It's just so bloody funny. It's genuinely like such a wild ride when it comes to basically everything. Like, my mum, for example, isn't the biggest superhero film fan, but she really likes the Guardians movies because of just how accessible they are to non-comic book fans, even though it's probably the most comic book movie out of Phase 2. Oh, definitely. You can, you can, you can tell it's from a comic. Yeah, but it's just the fact, like, the humour and, like, the attention to details, the storyline, the fact that it's got Karen Gillan. I mean, nothing can go wrong when you combine all these elements. (laughs) I'm not saying it's a perfect movie, but it's definitely one that left the biggest impact on me. It's one of the ones that I watched in the cinema And I'm so glad I went to see it in the cinema because it was such an experience. I had no idea who the Guardians were. I had no idea about any of the characters. Other than Karen Gillan, I didn't really know much, if any, of the actors. I knew, like, Vin Diesel, and that was it, really. (laughs) I literally went just because Karen Gillan was in the movie, and I wasn't disappointed. I'll give it that it had something to prove because every other film up until Guardians were recurring characters. Like Guardians were completely new characters that were just thrown into the mix. So it had a lot to prove in terms of these are new characters and you are going to like them. Yeah. (laughs) Because people have gotten so used to, you know, Iron Man, Thor, Captain America. So... Yeah, I, 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 it must have been hard to try and just get this random cast in, just think, oh, here you go, they're in the MCU now, bye. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Also, um, like I mentioned near the start, I feel like this is the movie that very much established the humour element going forward, because all the movies before this had comical moments and one-liners, And then this movie came along and it was just sort of all over the place, but in the best way, in my opinion. And then following 
that movie was Age of Ultron. And the first thing I said to my dad after finishing watching it was like, the humour was all like Guardians of the Galaxy, wasn't it? And he was like, yeah. And then ever since then, I've noticed that the humour has always been within that same kind of realm, if that makes any sense. Yeah. So, yeah. Guardians did a lot for me personally. I think it helped shape the MCU in some ways as well. It, again, has Karen Gillan. I'm not obsessed, I swear. Do you have anything to add? Go- going on to the worst movie, as we are on the topic of Guardians of the Galaxy. <laughs> Don't you dare. Um, I, yeah, I wasn't a fan. It's the worst one for me out of phase two, and which really irks me because I really want to like it because it's so popular with everybody. Everybody seems to absolutely love it. And I've seen it twice now. I mean, Guardians was one of the films that I'd watched before we did Marvel March, and I absolutely I despised it, hated it. No, couldn't. This time, the, like, the second time watching, I do admit, was better because I understood the backstory, what was going on. And also I kind of knew what was coming. So I just sort of relaxed and just tried to enjoy it. But I don't know, the humour just didn't work for me. I don't know what it is. Nothing was to do with the actors or anything like that. Like the actors did a fine job with what they were given. But for me, the humour just did not work whatsoever. It was a bit cringe at times. The only two characters that worked for me were Rocket and Groot. Yeah. They should have their own show. They should have their own show because they're just amazing. I liked every time they were on screen. But pretty much everything else in the movie just... I I, I didn't click with it. I kind of left the movie thinking, oh, God. And again, I really want to like it, but for some reason I just can't get into it. And I know that you like it so much as well. I really want to be there with you, but no, I, I can't do it. <laughs> oh, you've wounded me. I know, I know. It's, uh, I know. Like I said, I wanted to like it. I didn't. So it's one of those things, I guess. I mean, you, you can't say anything bad about, you know, the visual effects. I love the worlds that they were in it was very colorful i loved the soundtrack i loved the use of music but apart from that the script just didn't gel and also the villain was really poor <laughs> <laughs> lee pace deserved better than this it's fine you see him again in captain marvel oh really i didn't know that <laughs> spoilers thanks oliver for that <laughs> well that's all i said Yeah, I don't know why he's there. (laughs) Also, this movie did sort of officially introduce Thanos. Yes, it did. And again, I have a lot I want to say about him, but I'm waiting until we get to phase three because I have a lot to say. (laughs) But I do think in terms of the end credit scene at the end of the Avengers and then this film, I think it was a good follow-up because he was very much a background character and he wasn't very physically active because he was just sat on a throne. But you very much got this air that a lot of people were afraid of him and that he was a very powerful and prominent being. 
and yeah. he very much had this air of a bit of mystery, a bit of terror, and as a build-up to being the big bad of the first three phases, I feel like this was a good continuation of that. Mm, definitely. Though his, I'm sure in the, um, I think, mid-credit or end-credit scene of Age of Ultron, it's kind of, it annoys me because he shows up, he puts on the gauntlet and he's like, fine, I'll do it myself because all these people I've sent to collect these Infinity Stones for me have failed. And then he doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah, they were setting up something and then they were like, you know what? Nah. Like, they <laughs> genuinely, they changed gears and the people behind it all basically said that was his practice gauntlet (laughs) and it was him gearing up for actually gearing up to go and be active so I feel like there was something that was going to go forward that ended up not going forward and again I want to talk about it more so when we get to phase three but I feel like there's been some missed opportunities with Thanos shall we say and leave it at that, unless you have anything to add. I mean, he doesn't really appear much, so I can make a judgment. So um, I can't really say much on Thanos, but I do love his character design. I think he's very imposing yeah. and genuinely looks like the big bad. <laughs> so I'll give them that. I was wondering what your worst movie was now that I've talked about mine. I'm in Iron Man, Iron Man 3. Really? Really? Oh. You, I don't like Iron Man. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> don't get me wrong. Again, Robert Downey Jr., brilliant actor, casted perfectly. And I do very much like Tony Stark's character development from the first Iron Man to the second one to the Avengers to Iron Man 3 and beyond. And I also like how following his character development are his technological advances and like the new Iron Man suits and the new upgrades and stuff that follow. I think that's pretty brilliant. I think that's very well done. I do like how it focused on the aftermath of the Avengers and his post-traumatic stress. I think that was both interesting and I think it was done fairly well. Yes, that, that that is actually something that I wanted to take note of because I think it's very easy to do a superhero film where they're all perfect and shoot arrows straight and then after the battle they just kind of put it out of their minds and then go on to the next bit. But what I liked about Iron Man 3 was the fact that he was still reeling over what happened in the Avengers film and he kept having panic attacks and they really tackled his mental health, which I think is quite a brave thing to do in terms of plot, because it could easily be so shoehorned in and very preachy and all of this sort of thing. But I don't think it did that. I think it was done in a very mature way, if that makes yes. sense. Even though Iron Man 3 isn't my favourite either. I mean, I thought it was okay but I wasn't too into it but that was one of the points that really stood out to me personally. Other than that I was just genuinely really bored 
Mm, yeah, uh, same. <laughs> um, I thought the villain, villains, they were just kind of bland. Well, the thing is, you know, like the whole fake Mandarin thing. Oh, yeah. Well, at the time yeah. when this movie came out, it pissed off so many people because in the comics, the Mandarin is like Iron Man's arch enemy. So, and the Mandarin, I believe, was supposed to be like the original bad guy in the first Iron Man movie, but because he's Tony's arch enemy, he was pushed back to the third one. And like throughout the Iron Man films, they had this reoccurring thing of the, the Ten Rings, like to build up to the Mandarin. Then, well, he was fake. Yeah, um, I didn't mind the twist. But it just made everything crumble for me. Like, from that point on, I just sort of switched off and didn't really care what happened to anybody at that point. Yeah. It was a waste of a banking toy. It, it was, was a waste. waste. But um, in, like, a one-shot, like, mini short clip thing, they basically retconned this so that he was... Like, he's an, he's an actor in the film, but he was doing it sort of with Killian and then the real Mandarin is pissed that he took his name and wants it back and the real Mandarin is going to be introduced in a phase four film Ooh. so who knows anyway that's for phase four talk when we get to that Okay, I'm quite interested in what you think about Thor the Dark World because a lot of people don't like it. Okay, I didn't mind it. I thought it was okay. It wasn't as good as the first Thor film, but I didn't hate it. I found some fun in it, honestly. I think I was just watching it at the right time. Only I hated the complete ruin of Eric Selvig's character. <laughs> I hated it. I mean... Why I'm... did they do this to my boy Eric? I mean, in context, he did just have his mind controlled by Loki. The whole thing was that he, because it was like space magic, and then it was revealed to be the Mind Stone in Age of Ultron, in the star and he had like divine insight but it was crazy because he's a human <laughs> like the general idea makes sense <laughs> but I don't think it was executed perfectly <laughs> even though I remember not minding it that much I can't actually remember most of what happened in that film I just remember Christopher Eccleston yeah. up and me being like what I had no idea he was in the MCU. They took him too. Uh, Apparently, all Doctor Who actors show up in the MCU at one point or another. Apparently, yeah. It's becoming a recurring yeah. theme. I don't hate it, though. <laughs> Billy Piper is next. Oh, yeah. I would love that. I love the film purely for Darcy. That's fair. That's fair. But... And I I don't mind it, but I agree it wasn't as good as the first one. One film I am excited to talk about is The Winter Soldier. 
Now, if you remember from last week, the first Captain America was my least favourite film from Phase 1, and I just don't really like it. Winter Soldier, however, I think, is brilliant. Just the whole concept of the Winter Soldier, the brilliant friendship between Nat and Steve, loved it. Got a little bit of backstory on Nick Fury. It was just really well done. Yeah, I mean, unfortunately, I already knew that Bucky was the Winter Soldier because I remember it coming out and everyone was just talking about it. So I kind of couldn't avoid the spoilers. But even when it was revealed, it was done so in a way that even I was a little bit surprised, even though I already knew it was Bucky. I just think that whole plot line was done so well. And I just wish that Sebastian Stan had more to do. I mean, I know that he was the Winter Soldier, but he really didn't do much, if you think about it. No, that is true. Being the title or the secondary title character, he didn't show up that much. And he was only just there to fight. (laughs) And be tortured. Yeah, poor Bucky. Though, you know, whenever he showed up, there was like that screechy noise. That yeah. was actually a distorted version of Bucky's scream when he fell from the first movie. Really? That's yeah. a nice touch. I didn't even notice that. And I, the sound design, oh, it creeps the hell out of me. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot darker than the first <laughs> Captain America. Like There was no star-spangled man with a plan going on. <laughs> <laughs> They've moved away from that point. Yeah. Were you expecting a follow-up? Yeah, like a sequel. It was the best part. It was the best part of the, the best... whole film. And I the best not... part of the first Captain America was Peggy. Fight me. Oh, I love Peggy. Yeah, because that was another thing. Because in this film, Steve goes to visit Peggy when she's yeah. old, but she must be really old. <laughs> right? Because when was it set? 2014. Yeah. And the first Captain America was Second World the... War. Second World War, so the 30s. So she must be like 100 years old. I mean, our Peggy, a true Brit, a true fighter. I just wish we maybe got to see the first time he went to see her. And not just like the last time. Because I didn't really feel any emotional connection, really. Because even though I know that they were sort of together in the first film-ish, or about to be, when he kind of has that last talk with her while she's in her bed, and she's old, and he's still walking in his 20s it it just it it didn't hit me as well as I thought it Mm. should have done and I think if we'd have been shown him finding out that she was alive and and him going to see her and all that I think that would have been more emotional for me rather than oh yeah I've always known that you were alive 
bye. Let's go to funeral, cry a bit. Oh, look, Bucky's alive. Let's forget about Peggy now. Wow. I mean, I, I mean I'm, I'm saying all of this like I hate the film. I didn't hate the film. In fact, it's probably one of my favourites of the phase and one of my favourites mm. so far, actually. But there were just certain bits that I was like, could have been done better. Just a bit. <laughs> so, Lucy, do you want to talk about um, your favourite character? <laughs> so, I actually have two. So, one of them is a very... I, I it, it's a very weird choice. It's a very weird choice, but it's Falcon, Sam Wilson, Falcon, who is introduced in Captain America: The Winter Soldier. I found out last week. Um, <laughs> if you listen to the after credits, then you will know. But yeah, I love Falcon. He is so cool. I love Anthony Mackie in general but I really like Sam's character and even though he doesn't really do a lot which is probably why it's such a weird choice that, I, that he's one of my favourites because he doesn't really do a lot but I don't know I just like his presence I like his presence Oliver you know yeah and I like his friendship with just about everybody especially with Bucky over the course of the next few films that he's in and his appearance in Ant Man was very much welcomed as well. I was very, I, I was hyped to see him in that. I was like, oh my god, yeah, he's in this. Yeah, I don't know why. I just get excited when I see him on screen. I honestly don't have a reason why, but I just think he's cool. He is cool. He's very cool. And then my other favorite character is the one only Wanda Maximoff, played by. Elizabeth Olsen, who I, I, I think is such a cool character just in general. And yeah, I just think Elizabeth does a really good job playing the part. And I just think that she's really powerful and strong without being, oh yes, badass female. Ooh, she's sort of like... She, she's just badass. It doesn't have to do with the fact that she's a woman or anything. And especially what happens to Pietro um, in Age of Ultron. I really liked their camaraderie together and the way that they help each other out when they're hurt. And then obviously when Pietro dies, the way that she copes with that and it makes her fight even stronger, better, yeah, I just really liked that. Wanda is just brilliant. I really wish Pietro didn't die because I would have loved to have seen more of their sibling relationship moving forward. I know. And this was actually one of the deaths that I had no idea happened. So I was quite shocked to see him killed off so soon because I had no idea that that happened. And... Yeah. I think that they did really well with his character. I mean, even though he didn't really do a lot, he just sort of stood there and said lines and fought battles and stuff. I think it would have been really nice to have maybe had at least one more film with him just yeah. to get more of that sister-brother relationship between him and Wanda so that when he does get killed off, you feel more sad because even though I was sad that he died then I was shocked 
I just think it could have been a bit more emotional if we'd have actually found out more about him as a person. Yeah. They're the only two, really, that come to mind. They, they really did come through with the new characters, though, in this phase. I mean, considering that there were so many characters that we already knew, it must have been very difficult to try and add characters in that the audience won't be like, oh, for goodness sake, I don't want them here. <laughs> <laughs> because people are very precious about the original six. So when new characters come in, you, you sometimes think, oh, I kind of wish they weren't here and we could just have the originals. But I think they did really well. Yeah, it didn't feel like anyone was stepping on anyone's toes. No. Do you have a favourite character, or is that a really stupid question because the answer is obvious? I mean, I do love my girl Nebula. (laughs) Yeah. I love her so much, but I do actually have... There are a few characters that I do genuinely love from this phase, but there is one other one that I would like to mention. And that is Louise from Ant-Man. Ah. Do you not like him? (laughs) Um, I put him as my worst. Ah! (laughs) I know, nothing against Michael Pena. I just thought his character was just annoying. I found him very grating. And I don't know, I think... While I'm watching these films, I think I'm just coming to the conclusion that I'm just not a fun person. So I could have told you that. I know. Why did you have to make me find out this way? Because it's better if you discover these things on your own. <laughs> so, go on, what do you like about Louis? I just think he's funny. And I think he's very lighthearted. I think he's a good um, companion for Scott, I think. I feel I find him very endearing. Yeah. And also, his scene when he's trying to tell where he got the information from, it's just brilliant. Yeah, the way it's told through a montage. Yeah. And, like, this isn't, like, an unpopular opinion. Like, everyone knows that it's brilliantly shot. And whether oh, yeah. whether you like him or not, you have to admit that, it's like, and then it, it does it again at the end of the film as well. Mm-hmm. I just love it. Yeah, I, d- I did like those moments. I just didn't like his continuous quips. From a script point of view, there was one too many for me. Okay. But like I said, nothing against the actor, obviously, but just the humour sometimes just doesn't click. And then I sort of shake my head and like oh cringe (laughs) (laughs) well I can see from your point of view I'm trying to say this very politely (laughs) (laughs) I mean it's absolutely fine to disagree on things because if if anything this is what it's all about I mean every single Marvel fan has a different opinion than somebody else who is also a Marvel fan yeah so, and even though I'm not on the fan scale yet, I am starting to understand the hype a little bit. I can understand why people have a love for these films. 
and definitely I think after multiple watches of these films I'll probably understand even more obviously all of these films the majority of them I've only seen once so I'm only really reviewing off my first time watching it whereas if maybe I watch them all maybe three or four times I might have a more general opinion of them yeah but I don't have enough time for that okay so I guess (laughs) he's your least favorite character is there any other least favorite characters you want to talk about honestly not really there weren't many characters that pissed me off that much (laughs) I sort of liked them all I mean I guess again like I said last week the villains are just well sorry but they're a bit shit aren't they really but that's not really their fault in a sense it's just from a writing perspective so I don't think it's fair to categorize them all as my worst characters because it's not really their fault but yeah I'm I'm just still not on board with the villains I mean I know that you're not supposed to like them but you're supposed to understand them at least well, they are usually some of the more interesting characters you get. Mm, exactly. And this is what I I think they did so well with Loki. Yeah. I kind of wish all of the villains were as seven-dimensional as he is. <laughs> you never know what's going to come out of that man's mouth. Exactly, and that's the exciting thing about Loki's character. That's why I liked him so much. And... The other villains just lose that. And I understand that a film is only a certain length long. You don't really have time to delve deep into their psyche and talk about their origin story, how they turned evil. I'm not expecting that, but I'm just expecting a little bit of something else, you know? Yeah. But maybe that will change. Who knows? In context of Loki... Not to get too into it, because I feel like we could discuss it a bit more during phase three, but I kind of have a qualm, if you will. Okay. Um, Don't get me wrong. Love the character. Tom Hiddleston, great. This, this sounds like a rehash of my Iron Man thing, but it's not. <laughs> um, I like, as, as like the films are going on, and we're seeing more of his relationship with Thor... And he's becoming sort of this grey character, this anti-hero at times, but still very much holding that sort of villain aesthetic and still being very secretive and manipulative. I like that element. And I I just kind of wished we would have I got we got to see a bit more of him being more villain-like before the shift happened. Yeah. Okay, I, I'll give you that. Actually. Because I loved him so much as just like the bad guy and as interesting as the, the shift is, and I do like it and it's very much welcomed, I just wish we got... Because like, he was the main bad guy in Thor, he was the main bad guy in the Avengers, so it's not like we are starved of villainous from him. No. <laughs> but I still wish there was like maybe one more film where he was maybe not the main bad guy but still very much a bad guy like in Thor the Dark World if he'd stayed more villainous and then have the shift mm. be more happening 
later on. That's just a personal thing. <laughs> Other than that, honestly, I don't really have any characters that I dislike in Phase 2. I think after Phase 1, they had found, for a lot of characters, they had found their footing, and going forward, introducing new characters, they knew more so what to do with them. Yeah, I mean, it's like I was saying before, it definitely seems more consistent and that they knew what they were doing at this point. Yes. They were like, right, okay, we've got everybody sorted, we can just tackle it all out now. And every risk they took, they knew was going to work, so it wasn't a risk. <laughs> and I really appreciated that. And they seem to be having a great time making it. I mean, I've also been watching the behind-the-scenes gag reels and stuff. Mm. And it it just looks like so much fun. And it is a superhero film at the end of the day. It's just heroes fighting battles. It's really not that deep for me at the minute. So the fact that that they're all just having a fun time shooting a silly hero film is just really nice. And even though I do know it gets darker in Phase 3, from what I've seen of it, I do kind of prefer this lighter tone that they took on, especially with Age of Ultron, which is mainly the reason why it's my favourite, because it just lets go. It lets go, and I really appreciate that. And it's one of the ones that I would be happy watching again yeah. if it was ever on the table, <laughs> just lying there waiting for me to play it. <laughs> like, Lucy, I'm calling you. You're my only fan. I wake up in the morning at 3am wanting a glass of water. I go downstairs and what do I find on the dining room table? Avengers <laughs> Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh. I, I really don't know where that was going, but... Oh, we are silly, aren't we? We are. Oh my god. <laughs> Who, who put us in charge of this podcast? <laughs> Whose idea was this? Whose idea was this? Oh, God. Oh. Okay, before you get fully into your existential crisis, do you want to talk about Stanley cameos? Yes. Oh, my goodness. So my favourite Stanley cameo comes from Captain America the Winter Soldier. When he's in the museum and... Captain America's shield is missing and he goes, oh man, I am so fired. <laughs> I literally laughed out loud because bless Stanley, he wasn't the best actor, but he got away with it. And that line, I was like, fair enough, pal, fair enough. And I just like how that was sort of not even led up to, like, Captain America didn't have a shield and then he was wondering where he was going to get his shield from and then it cuts to the museum of himself <laughs> and Stanley just being the night guard and I just really love that self I think that was the perfect opportunity to have that cameo I think whoever came up with that idea needs a raise see last week and this week I keep thinking, okay, Lucy's going to say her favourite one, then I'll say mine. But both times you've said the exact same thing that I wanted to say. Uh, I mean, that's... Yeah, 
Though I do also want to quickly mention um, his cameo in Age of Ultron. <laughs> oh, yeah. Excelsior. Oh, oh, he was such a national treasure. Bless him. Rest in peace. I mean, I think these cameos really do work. Yes. In all sense of the word. Like, I think that's the one thing that everybody is waiting for. And once that cameo is out of the way, they can just relax and enjoy the film. I think throughout all of these Avengers films, everyone is just waiting to see where Stan Lee will show up. And when he does show up, it's like the saviour has finally arrived. I want him to be the person who defeats Thanos. I mean, I've not seen Avengers Endgame yet, but I am hoping that he's the one to give him the death blow. I know that probably won't happen, but I kind I'm of saying nothing. No, but that is my favourite cameo. I mean, I I think that's my favourite cameo so far, I think, out of Phase 1 and Phase 2. I just found that really funny. So, Phase 1 and Phase 2 complete. Yeah. You now have sort of a better feel for the films and where we're gearing, what we're gearing up for and what we're heading towards. Is there any Phase 3 films you are most looking forward to? now that you are more interested. I'm looking forward to Captain Marvel. I'm not going to lie to you. I'm quite looking forward to seeing a prequel rather than a sequel to all of this. Kind of a fresh start, so to speak. And also I'm looking forward to Nick Fury coming back because he's not in these movies as much as I was hoping he would be. So I think... Brie Larson teaming up with Samuel Jackson is just a pair made in heaven. So I am hoping that that lives up to my expectations. I mean, I don't have super high expectations, but I know that it did very well. So I'm hoping that it's good. <laughs> you know who else is in Captain Marvel? Agent Coulson. No. My boy's back. Oh my God. I, I am really excited now. You've got me hyped. Uh, I'm really interested in well you've said a lot about what you would like more from the villains so I'm really interested because there are some really good villains in phase 3 I know I've heard I'm so So excited I'm excited to see your take on some of them trust me I love a good three dimensional villain so, who knows? Who who knows where we will be headed in Phase 3? And there's a lot of films to go through as well, which is why, to our audience, we are going to be splitting Phase 3 into two parts. So we'll be talking about five films next week and then the other films the week after because there's just so much to go through, I'm guessing. <laughs> Yeah, the the episode will end up being three hours long, so we want to spare trouble. <laughs> and also, <laughs> Lucy doesn't want to ed- edit three hours worth. Honestly, editing a podcast episode that's under an hour long takes long enough without having to stretch it out to three hours. So <laughs> I would rather not have the hassle. Yeah, sorry, audience. This isn't for your benefit, it's for mine completely. Let's just have it out. Um, 
Obviously, I'm kidding. <laughs> okay, so with that being said, thank you for listening, audience. We hope you have enjoyed this episode as much as we have. Please like our Facebook page and follow us on all podcasting platforms, including Spotify, Google Podcasts, Pocket Casts, Breaker, Radio Public, and Anchor. And we also have a YouTube channel in which we upload all of our episodes, but with subtitles. So if there's any bits that you were hard of hearing because we don't have proper sound equipment, then just go onto YouTube and just check what we said. And I'll make sure that there are no spelling errors in the subtitles because I am not good with that. I want everything to be perfect. Let us know what you think of Marvel Phase 2. Your favourite movie, your least favourite movie, your favourite characters, your least favourite characters. Anything that maybe we didn't talk about that you wish we did. Let it out. Let it all out. We're very interested in seeing your thoughts and opinions. I mean, there is only so much that we can talk about in one episode without it being 24 hours. (laughs) This is why we're doing it by phases. Yes, it was the easiest way to do it. That way we got all of our thoughts across. And yeah, come and visit us next week where we will be talking about the first half of phase three. See you next week. I mean, who wants to listen to a three-hour podcast? I mean... Unless you're having a very, very long shower. I mean, I have been known to have three-hour power showers. That's brilliant. <laughs> um, <laughs> I wish that were me. Honestly, I get, I get in the shower and then I just get bored. I want to get out. I don't, I don't think I've ever had a longer shower than 20 minutes before I'm like, okay, I want to do something oh, else. Me, whenever I have a shower, I'm like... I'm on my third show of my world tour. Um, <laughs> I have had scripted arguments with people I fell out with in the past when I suddenly know what I want to say, so I say it to them, but, you know, <laughs> a bit late, but better late than now. <laughs> well, thanks for saying that, Oliver. Now we all know what you do in the shower, that is... I mean, audience, don't you just think that this is what you wanted out of a podcast? You just find out what your hosts do in the shower. Who knew it would come to this I think we found our end credit scene for this episode. We definitely found our end credit scene for this episode because... Wow. Wow.